All right. Thank you, Pastor. Joshua chapter number two. Joshua chapter number two. And let me get these three handsome young men on the front row to give everybody and give Jordan. Jordan, I want you to get two of them. Take one to your pastor, Brother Jeff Abel's. Uh, still, let me have one. And uh, tell Jeff I said hi. He's from Saudi Daisy, Tennessee. Joshua chapter two. I enjoyed the singing. What a blessing. And uh, was it John on the violin? That was excellent. Down in Tennessee, we called it a fiddle, but up here, I know it's a violin. But it was excellent. I enjoyed that. Thank you. And the family singing, nothing like harmony in the family uh, with all their voices created by God sort of together and alike. Uh, they're passing out to you a soul-winning prayer list. And... Uh, I don't want you to do anything with it until I tell you to do something to it. Um, but I'm going to preach this morning on the ministry of intercession. The ministry of intercession. I'll take the remainder, men, and uh, we'll keep them up here. And as people come this week, we can give them a copy. Um, uh, I appreciate your pastor and his family, and I know you do too. He has a burden and a desire to see people saved uh, in our community here at Marshall. And that, that should be the desire of every member of Calvary Baptist Church. And that's the purpose of this message I taught in Sunday school. Acts chapter 1 verse 8. Um, go ye into all the world. We're to be a witness in Jerusalem, which is Marshall. We're to be a witness in all Judea which is Saline County, and we're to be a witness in Samaria, and that's in the nursing homes, the jails, other places, the meth house, the crack house. We're to be a witness there. And then to the uttermost part of the earth, place I can't go to, I don't feel led by God to go there, but we send missionaries there. And so today and tonight, uh, it's going to be about our Jerusalem. Our Jerusalem, the ministry of intercession. Will you stand with me, please? And let's read Joshua chapter number 2 and verse 1 through 3. And Joshua the son of Nun sent out of Shidom two men to spy secretly, saying, Go view the land, even Jericho. And they went and came into an harlot's house named Rahab and lodged there. And it was told the king of Jericho, saying, Behold, there came men in hither tonight of the children of Israel to search out the country. And the king of Jericho sent unto Rahab, saying, Bring forth the men that are come to thee, which are entered into thine house, for they be come to search out all the country. Let me read verse 4. And the woman took the two men and hid them, and said thus, There came men unto me, but I wish not whence they were. She is a sinner. And sinners are good at lying. Amen. And she told a lie right there. Uh, let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, bless thy word. May your word help us, Father, in this work here at Marshall, your church. Lord, we thank you for it being the lighthouse in this place. Lord, bridge that gap between our ear and our soul. And help each one to hear what you, Father, would have them to hear. May we draw closer to you. May we be obedient unto you is our prayer. Now, Lord, save the lost that may be in the assembly today. 
And we ask you, Father, to heal those that are sick. We ask it in Christ's name. Amen and amen. Thank you. You may have a seat. And if you're sitting near a friend or a loved one, turn to them and say, I love you. That might help a marriage or two in the building. I'm not sure. He hadn't told me he loved me in four weeks, and, and the preacher made him do it. And Brother Rodney, I quit doing that in the men's prison. It just didn't work out. <laughs> just didn't work out. Just quit that. This sermon has two purposes. One, to make you as the believer more Christ-like. And then number two, see the church grow. And you are never more like Christ than when you intercede to God for someone else. The story of the two spies and Rahab is an interesting story. Uh, Joshua is a great commander of a great army. And uh, even military schools study the tactics Joshua used uh, in how he conquered the promised land. He was a great general, a great man. So he sent two spies into Jericho. Jericho had walls that were legendary. They were huge. And uh, so Joshua needs to know some information. So two men go in on a reconnaissance mission and they go through the gates like they're traveling through and they they look and, well, there's the garrison. Uh, they, uh, They probably don't have about 40 or 50 soldiers. Look upon the walls. There's men on the walls. Guarding, watching. Uh, There's four men at each gate, I see, and they're holding things together, it seems. And, uh, And so then they go up on the wall to get a better view of the entire city, probably. And when they're up there, there is a bed and breakfast there, run by Rahab's, probably, mom and dad. And if you read the story of uh, the, the adventures and travels of Marco Polo, you'll find that where Marco Polo traveled, there were a lot of bed and breakfasts run by moms and pops, and unfortunately, their daughter was a harlot. And uh, Marco Polo encountered this. And so they go there and seeking probably something to eat and a place to spend the night. And the king of Jericho, the mayor, gets reports from the soldiers, hey, There's two strange men come in here and they're talking a different dialect, a different language. Their their accent is different. And uh, we think we saw them go up to Rahab's place. And so the king goes up there and we find in verse 3, he went up there and said, bring these guys out. And she's a good liar. She's a sinner. She said, why, they've gone. They left. I think, I think, I think they went out towards those hills. If you'll go quick and send the soldiers that way, you'll find them. And she diverts them. Now the story is she talks to them and says, Look, I've heard about your people. We heard 45 years ago about the parting of the Red Sea. We know the miracles you've done and we've seen the kingdoms you've conquered. Can you save me, I saved your life, will you save me? And uh, the two men, we're not sure what their names are, it's not revealed, although I'll give you a clue later in the message who I think one of them was. They said, look, you saved our life, 
We'll do our best to save your life. And you get all your family in. We're going to attack this place. I don't know how we're going to do it. I don't know what God's got planned. But we're going to attack this city if they won't surrender. If the king of Jericho won't surrender, then we will attack. And, uh, and uh, the two spies said, look, get everybody in the house. When you see us walk around or when you see us coming, you get everybody in the house. And if you want your friends saved, you get them in the house. And uh, they had a red rope there, red scarlet rope. Uh, she will eventually let them down by that rope. She says, uh, they said to her, hang this rope outside the window. And we'll know this is your house. Well, they did leave with the promise that they would try to save her. But here's the problem. God had already said, kill everybody in the city. Kill every animal. This was the first city and the first part belongs to God. All the gold and silver and precious stuff in here is going in to the God's house, the treasury. And it's going to be used to honor God. This was the first part, the tithe of all the cities they conquered. And of course we know Achan went in later in the chapter and he got some gold bars and Babylonian garment and hid them, put them in the dirt in his tent and committed sin. But uh, she, they were told, they told her, look, you stay in the house and we'll try our best to rescue but We've got to talk to Joshua first. So when they hid in the woods for three days, they went to Joshua. And uh, they reported in to Joshua. And Joshua said, well, men, how'd it go? What'd you find out? Well, Joshua, I'm going to tell you, those walls are big. It'd really be the grace of God if we could just overcome those walls. They didn't know it's going to happen. The walls are going to come down. Uh, and But, Josh, we got a special urgent request. There's a lady who saved our life. Can we please save her life? They were intercessors to Joshua for the sinner Rahab. You and I should be intercessors to God for sinners that we know. And I'm going I'm to teach you tonight, I'm going to preach a lesson on how to pray for the lost. Turn your, turn your prayer card over on the back. See that? Dear Lord, open their eyes. Dear Lord, give them your word. Dear Lord, give them your peace. That's going to be out of 2 Kings chapter 6. That'll be tonight's message. Uh, how, we have to make intercession. So they made intercession and Joshua probably said, Well, how, how are we going to know which house? How are we going to which house? And uh, uh, the two spies said, Well, sir, we told him to drop that red rope they let us down by out the window. Can I say just a moment? There's a red line of redemption Amen. that's been given. The blood of Christ right. symbolized right there in Jericho uh, that he died for our sins. And so Joshua, look at chapter 6. Let's skip over chapter 6. Here's Joshua's command, verse 17. The city shall be cursed, even it and all that are therein, to the Lord. Only Rahab the harlot shall live, she and all that are with her in the house, because she hid the messengers 
that we sinned. And so Joshua is the only one able to give permission to spare Rahab and her family. He represents God. The two spies represent you and I who know a sinner that needs to be saved, Rahab the harlot. That's an interesting story. Now, let me give you this real quick. The two spies are really a type of Jesus. Jesus was the great intercessor who came to this world, died on a cross, made retribution for our sin, and intervened in heaven for us. If it wasn't for Christ being our intercessor, we'd all be headed towards hell. But because Christ died on a cross and uh, paid the price, and Isaiah 53 said he satisfied the holiness of God, then we can go to heaven one day. I'm only here because I had an intercessor in the Lord Jesus Christ. The two spies, well, Jesus was two persons, 100% man and 100% God. Jesus left glory. The two spies left safety of the Israeli camp and went to a strange world. Jesus surveyed the world for 30 years. He was hid in the attic in his childhood. His crucifixion and his coming are all secrets and were secrets. Christ gave his life for mine. And Rahab said, my life for yours. Rahab represents the world, had a death penalty upon them. And every sinner here in Saline County has a death penalty upon them if they don't have the blood of Christ applied to their life. Rahab had that death penalty. Rahab's only hope was that the two spies would make intercession, intercessor for her. And the world's only hope is you and I making intercessor to God, and Christ is that hope that we have. These, these three spies three, hid, were hid three days in the hills, verse 22, and Christ was in the tomb for three days. The two spies made intercession for Rahab to Joshua, and Christ made intercession for the world to God the Father. Joshua gave mercy to Rahab, chapter 6, verse 17, and God has given mercy to this world to anyone who will believe. There at Lupton Drive, uh, we would put it on the screen, and uh, before every service, before I preached, we'd We'd always recite it together um, that it, it'd say salvation is as simple as A, B, and C. And then it'd show up A, admit. Admit you are a sinner. And then the, I think the scriptures over in Romans, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. B, believe. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Acts chapter 16. Then see, call. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Romans 10, 13. And that salvation is as simple as A, B, and C. That if you admit you're a sinner, then if you believe who Jesus is, well, who is Jesus? He was God's son, born to a virgin. He lived a sinless life. He died on a cross. 
gave his blood, which came from his father, gave his blood to pay for our sins. And then arose from the dead on the third day. That's what we believe. If someone will believe that and then call. For whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. I've been saved 60 years this month. I was saved at the age of 13. Some of you mathematicians now can figure how old I am. And uh, I was a boy of 13. My dad was preaching that night. Uh, these boys' great-grandfather. And uh, would that be a great-grandfather? Grandfather. The grandfather was preaching that night, the night I got saved. And uh, I admitted I was a sinner. Oh, I was a rotten sinner. I needed somebody to save me. My dad was my intercessor. He prayed for me. My mom was my intercessor. Prayed for me. And we need to be praying for other people Amen. that they'll get saved. Uh, and so... Uh, I I admitted I was a sinner. I believed on the Lord Jesus Christ. And I called upon him. And he saved me that night. Did I follow real close? No, I wandered around for a while like an ox on a long rope. I traveled around my own way. But boy, that rope got shorter and shorter and shorter till I got right beside him in the yoke. Uh, But thank God somebody prayed for me. And you know what? Mission starts at Marshall. Mission doesn't start when I give money in the offering plate and send it to Japan or Ecuador or the Great Britain. Mission starts right here in Marshall, Missouri. Starts right here. We are to be witnesses. Intercession is to ask for help in the life of another person. History records that Julius Caesar had conquered, had fought, with the army in a, a major battle. And that night, he, he went back to his tent, had been given a good meal. He is laying down. He told the guards, don't let anybody interrupt me. I am so tired. I need to sleep. But then a commander of one of the units came and told the guards, I need to talk to Julius Caesar. And they said, you can't. You can't talk to him. He has given us strict orders Don't talk, don't wake him up, don't disturb him. He's very tired from the battle and don't. And uh, finally, with persistence, that commander talked one of the guards into going talking to Julius Caesar. And history records that Julius Caesar said, Look, you woke me up. I'm tired. Didn't I give you? Yes, sir. But there is a commander out here who is so insistent. I had to wake you up for you to hear what he's requesting of you. And uh, Julius Caesar made this statement. If he's come to ask something for himself, I want you to take him out and kill him. But if he's come ask for somebody else, I'll receive him. And they went and asked the man. And he said, I've come to ask for someone else. And he had an audience with Julius Caesar in that one of his men had fallen asleep a couple of nights ago on guard duty and they were going to kill him the next day. And this commander said, look, this is one of my best men. He was so tired. You know, he's tired like you are. And he got so tired, he fell asleep. Please don't kill this man. Uh, Cut his rations, cut his pay, do what you want to do, but let him live. He's one of my best fighters. And Julius Caesar, uh, you know, he, he released the man from all that punishment. 
And if we come to God for ourselves, God's not going to refuse us, but how much better to come to God for someone else that needs to be saved. Preacher Gypsy Smith, uh, in the gypsy culture, he was a preacher in the 1920s. He would often sing. Every time he preached, he had a song he would sing. But in the gypsy culture, your elders were to be totally, totally respected. You didn't ask them any questions. And, and Gypsy Smith got a burden for his uncle who was lost. And one day his uncle came to his house and was visiting with the family. And Gypsy Smith came in the room as a young man. And the uncle looked at him and says, Gypsy, what's, what's wrong with your pants? you got a hole in your knee of your pants and the other knee is real worn. And here's what Gypsy Smith said. Uncle, I've been praying for you. Those words brought conviction to that uncle. And that uncle bowed his head and raised his head back up and said, Gypsy, if you've been praying for me, I need to pray for myself. And Gypsy led his uncle to the Lord right there in the living room. You see, getting a burden, George Mueller in his autobiography says he uh, put five men on his list, on his prayer list, specific men. For them to be saved. And within a couple of years, one man got saved. Two or three years later, another man got saved. And at his funeral, one man got saved. And the other two men were saved after his funeral. He prayed and interceded. We're like the two spies making intercession for the Rahabs of this world. Some of you know him as R.A. Torrey, uh, Reuben Archer Torrey Evangelist in the 1900s. He wrote in one of his books, a little town in Maine uh, didn't have a preacher. They didn't have hardly anybody. They're all fishermen. They didn't have hardly anybody who could even read the Bible. Yet they held the congregation together. They met. Someone would attempt to read some of the New Testament that morning. They'd gather and pray. And finally the men got with the leader of the men and said, you know, we've got to do something. If we don't do something, our church is going to fall apart. And they said, well, let's meet Monday night and figure out what to do. And so Monday night they met. And when they met, one of them said, what are we going to do? One guy said, well, I, I can't read the Bible. I can't preach. I can't teach. But I can pray. And i tell you what let's do. Let's put God to a challenge. They all knew the meanest man in the town. Let's all pray. And let's all determine this week we're going to pray for the meanest man in this town to get saved. And as they prayed that night, and as they prayed at their home, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, somebody went by Saturday and saw the man and said, I want to invite you to church. And that man came to that church on the next Sunday after they had all prayed on Monday and someone got up and read simple verses in the Bible and said, if you'd like to be saved, come forward, we'll pray with you. And he stepped out and got saved. They made intercession to God for the soul of that man. They met the next Monday night. Now, what are we going to pray about now? Let's, let's find the second meanest man. Wouldn't you hate to be labeled that? 
the second meanest man in the town. Let's pray for him. And R.A. Torrey said in one year's time, 200 people in that city got saved. Now, I know times are different. Times are different and people are open to the gospel in those days. But brother, they prayed for that person. Uh, I want you to put down one name. Do you have somebody in mind? Is that a child? If you have a child that's not saved, for heaven's sake, put their name down. Get it out now. You got a pen? You got a pencil? If you don't have a pen or pencil, then look around at your neighbor and say, may I borrow a pen, pencil? Put down one name. I want you to put down who needs a card. Anybody? Everybody got a card? Oh, passed them out. We forgot to give you one. I get the honor of giving you that card. Got a card? Oh, Hunter, you got a card? <laughs> Glad I asked. Now, we're talking about missions. We're talking about Jerusalem. You shall be witnesses in Jerusalem. I want you to put down, I would give Pastor, uh, my church, a prayer list like this every year, beginning in January. Because, uh, you know, I felt like they weren't good Christians. Some of them, they'd throw them away, you know, and do, do away with them or lose them. Uh, put down one name. Now, if you're here today and you're not saved, why don't you put your name down? You need to be saved. You need to be saved. I gave that, those out one year. I, I was up at the front of the church building, and in the foyer, I saw Joe Mondragon come through the door. Joe's a truck driver, and uh, happy, oh, Joe was happy. It was around March, and uh, I said, I got to go talk to Joe. Joe's real happy this morning. I like to talk to happy folks. I don't like them other folks, you know, them unhappy folks so much, but I still love them. I just don't like them, you know, there's a difference. Uh, and uh, I went back and saw Joe, and I said, Joe, what's going on in your life? He said, Brother Randy, I had my grandson on my prayer list, and he's a recruit up at Fort Knox, Kentucky, and he got saved this week. And I rejoiced with Joe that his grandson got saved, and he and his wife had been praying for him. Put out one name. You got one name? One name? One name? Jordan, you got to tell Pastor Jeff how this works. And if you want me to come to Springfield and preach it, I will, but tell him how it works. Then if you want to put down a second name, someone who doesn't live in Marshall County or uh, Saline County or Marshall. Well, the idea is this person you pray for will come to this church. You either lead them to the Lord or pastor will preach a message. You get them in the building. They will hear the gospel and respond to the gospel. They'll get baptized and become a member of this church and this will work if you will pray. God will work with you. Pray. You may want to put a second name down. Now, don't fill it up with seven names. Put a second name of someone who lives a long way off and pray that God will send a preacher, someone door to door and knock on their door and give them the gospel. Amen. I've got a couple of names of people. Um, I've got, got a cousin that lives in, Greg Bell lives in Colorado. 
And I've got a lady's name that lives in Maryland that I'm praying for. Praying they'll be saved. Now, what do we do? Well, put down one name. Look what it says on that. 2 Peter 3 and 9. God is not slack concerning His promises, as some men are, not willing that any should perish. It is not God's will that any sinner goes to hell. I had someone tell me I, I wouldn't serve a God that sent somebody to hell. Hey, wait a minute. God has never sent a single person to hell. You make your own decision. And God is such a gentleman, he will honor your decision. People decide where they want to go. But we've got to give them the opportunity to know there is a heaven and how to get to heaven. So we need to pray for these people. You see, and then uh, 1 John 5, 14 through 15, if we pray anything according to his will, we know he hears us. And we know if he hears us, verse 15, that we have the petition that we've asked of him. Now, I know man has a free, is a free moral agent, and I know people can make their own decisions. But let me, let me tell you the story. i got about five minutes. Let me tell you the story of Oliver Green. Oliver Green was the black sheep of the family. His sister Sadie was saved. Sadie interceded for Oliver every day. Oliver worked at a gas station. One night, Oliver, one afternoon, Oliver decided he had robbed his own gas station. It wasn't his, but he had robbed the gas station where he worked. He got up, got out of the old house, crept across the, the wooden porch. When he got by Sadie's room, he heard her praying, God save Oliver. God forgive Oliver of his sins. He said, but I won't anyway. I got in the old car, cranked it up, went about a mile in the house, and it quit. <laughs> he said, being a mechanic, I raised the hood and the moonlight and had a flashlight. Looked, everything was in order. Till the battery went dead. I walked back home. Got back in the bed. I didn't rob the service station. He said, the next morning, I got up a little bit early. I went out there to see what I could do with that car. Put the key in, turned it, and it cranked right up. Said I went on to work to the gas station, and when I got there, usually Oliver said I opened up, but the owner was there, and I looked over in the corner. There was a chair, cup of coffee, and a shotgun. And I said to the owner, "What? What are you?" He said, "You know, yesterday afternoon I had a strange feeling." Somebody was going to rob the service station and I stayed in this corner all night long with my shotgun. And I don't care who it was come through that door, I was going to shoot first and ask questions later. The prayers of Sadie kept evangelist Oliver B. Green from getting killed as a sinner and going to a place called hell. Now, you'd say, my prayers don't mean much. Oh, well, listen, God hears a humble heart. And you're not interceding for yourself. You're not asking God for something for you. You're asking God for the soul of someone else. Look at the blessings that happen. Um, the Bible records that Salmon, 
married Rahab. So I think Salmon was one of those guys that went was a spy and went in because he met her there and knew her. It's a strange name to name a boy, a fish. Could have named him Bass or, or Bluegill or something. She named him Salmon. What a mama. And then they had a baby boy. I bet you know his, his story, Boaz. Boaz married another strange woman, Ruth. Only had a couple of, are there any Ruths in the building? Anybody got the name of Ruth? Well, all these other men, you're, you're, married, you're ruthless. Amen, that's all I can say. <laughs> We're all ruthless. Um, then they had a boy named Jesse. Jesse had a boy named David, king. And then David had a boy named Solomon, the greatest, one of the greatest kings ever on the face of the earth. But all the lineage goes all the way down to Jesus. And in the background of Jesus is this woman, Rahab, the harlot, that God saved her. By the way, archaeologists say the walls of Jericho fell flat out. They've dug them up, all except one house. And that house sitting on the wall shifted and just landed outside. I have a feeling I know who lived in that house, although I don't have any concrete evidence because that red rope probably got scarfed up and taken away. But I believe I know this story. Evangelist A.B. Earl in the 1800s was preaching in a meeting and and he's talking about prayer and the influential lauder challenged Earl's preaching on the power of prayer. Earl invited him to the front. He refused. But he said, try me. Try it on me. So Earl, preacher Earl asked everyone to pray at a certain hour the next week and asked the lawyer to note it. And on the third day he was saved. He sold his law books and became a minister. I mean, the power of prayer. Power of prayer. You're never more like Christ than when you intercede to God for someone lost. You become more like Jesus when you start praying for this lost person on your list. I preached this in message on March the 25th, 2018 there in Rossville, Georgia, near Chattanooga, Tennessee at Elizabeth. Terrace Baptist Church, Pastor George Pinion, And the song leader, Brother James, put down his sister's name on his list. On Tuesday, she called him and said, uh, Jimmy, will you come to the hospital? I'm in the hospital. Will you talk to me? And he went to the hospital and his sister was dying. And uh, James asked her about her soul. She said, that's the reason I called you. I need to get saved. And he led her to the Lord while she's in, his sister to the Lord while she's in the hospital bed. And the next week, she died. How close. How close. How close it is. Hunter, get your song ready for an invitation. Pastor, you want to come with me? The ministry of intercession. Tonight, how to pray for the lost. I'm going to teach you how to pray. But who do you have written down? Who's on that list? Surely it's somebody you love. You wouldn't have put their name down. 
You say, I don't know if they're saved or they're lost. I'd keep praying till I found out they were saved. Because I don't want my loved ones to go to hell. And I know you don't either. And this is the work of missions right here in our Jerusalem. Every one of us being a missionary to someone here in Saline County is praying for them. Praying for them that they'll get saved. Let's stand to our feet. I want you to bow your head with me just a moment. How many here could raise their hand and say, Pastor Bell, I know I'm saved because I've admitted I was a sinner. I believed on Jesus. I've called upon Him. Could you put your hand up right back down real quick? Just, I'm not going to search every bench. That's not my goal. But if you could not raise your hand, listen, you need to come this morning. Now is the day of salvation. You need to get saved right now. How many put down the name of a family member? Got a family member's name down? Our families need to be saved. I want to be like Noah. Get all my family in the ark. I want to be like Noah. You others must have put down the family member. You can put down a friend, a co-worker. Here's what I'm asking you to do this morning. Come pray. Just call their name out. Be like the two spies. Joshua, there's a woman over there named Rahab. Can we save her? God save my friend. Let's pray. Father, bless thy word. Let your word help us this morning to do your will and to be good students of your word and good citizens of Calvary Baptist Church. Save the lost on these prayer lists. I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Won't you come pray? Sing, brother.